Thank you for tuning in again to Organic Matters. As most of you, that have, some of you have followed me for years know, I love to cook. And I love summer cooking, I love barbecue, but when the first touch of fall comes, it really gets me turned on to go into the kitchen and make something that maybe was a little too much effort when the weather was so warm. But what we're going to talk about today is a little bit different than how, when, where, and why you cook. It's how does cooking affect the nutrients of the food that we eat. As you might imagine, one of the best ways to improve our health is by eating foods that are rich in nutrients. Doing so improves your energy levels and your health overall. But then your cooking methods have a major effect on the number of the nutrients that's in the food you're preparing. So I decided to go, I want to call it surfing, that's a new word I think, and I actually went into some articles and some magazines as well as of course on the internet and come up with some ideas and, and a little bit about the nutrients that we get from our foods and how to best prepare them in relationship to their nutrient values. To begin with, when food is cooked before eating, digestion of that food in many cases is improved and absorption of the nutrients is enhanced. For instance, ideal example, the protein contained in cooked eggs is far more digestible to your body than that of raw eggs. It's kind of funny though, even though I see these boxers and the guys always eating their raw eggs in the morning, I forget the movie, what was it? Rocky, I think it was, but I remember it was very interesting. But then some cooking methods drastically reduce the nutrient content of the food you're preparing. The nutrients listed below, I'm going to give you a list here, are often affected when food is cooked. Cooking reduces the amount of nutrients in the food we're preparing. So here's just a few. For instance, cooking. Water-soluble vitamins, the B vitamins, then I'll list them. Thiamine, riboflavin, niacin, panathenic acids, uh, pyroxidines, folic, folic acids added there, as well as vitamin C. Then there's lipid-soluble, fat-soluble, vitamins, among them, vitamins A, D, E, and vitamin K. And surprising, some of the minerals are affected. Potassium, calcium, sodium, and even magnesium, depending on the cooking method you use. Let's begin by talking about boiling, poaching, and simmering. They're kind of all similar cooking methods. They're water-based forms of cooking. What differentiates these cooking methods is the temperature of the water in which they're cooked. Boiling, of course, is, well, let's go to Fahrenheit for everybody that's listening to this show. 212 degrees at sea level. We can go into that if you want. Poaching is usually at 180, plus or minus a degree or two, again, at sea level. And simmering can be around 185 to up to about 200 degrees. Just that little, almost bubbling method. Vegetables are generally very rich in vitamins as you get them, but most of the vitamin is lost when they are cooked in water. It is worth noting that boiling foods causes a drastic reduction, especially in their vitamin C content, compared to any other cooking method. Spinach, broccoli, and lettuce may lose over 50% of its vitamin content just by being boiled. Because of the water-soluble nature of vitamin C itself and its extreme sensitivity to heat, it can easily be destroyed or leach out of veggies when they're just immersed in very hot water. B vitamins have a very high sensitivity to heat also. At least 60% of the vitamin B complex, niacins, thiamins, and other Bs in, in the family 
are probably lost when you simmer your meat. But then, when you consume the liquid containing the juices of the meat, you retain 100% of the minerals and at least 70% of the vitamins. Think about that. Most of us throw the water out. Conversely, though, boiling fish preserves its omega-3 fatty acid content compared to microwaving it or frying. That's a surprise. Now, if you're one of the crazy cooks like I am, two of my favorite methods is broiling and grilling. Broiling and grilling are similar methods of cooking. Cooking with these methods is done basically almost all the time with dry heat. When you grill food, the heat source is placed below the food. On the other hand, when broiling, the heat usually comes just from above down onto the food you're cooking. Grilling is a well-known and widely used method of cooking due to the unique flavor that it gives your food, and it really does. But then, you should know that at least 40% of the minerals and B vitamins are lost when you broil or grill your food. There are concerns about the carcinogenic effects also of polycyclic aromic hydrocarbons. I'll only say that once. PAHs, they call them. PAHs are formed when fat drips onto a hot surface while grilling your meats. Research shows that it is possible to reduce the amount of PAH from 40 to over 90%. How? This happens when smoke is minimized and the drippings are taken off. In other words, don't let them hit the fire. Now, here's something I would have totally given you a different story about a few years back. Microwaving. Good studies, recent ones, show microwave is a safe, convenient, and an easy cooking technique. The nutrients in the food are best preserved when food is cooked for a short time, while exposure to the heat is drastically reduced. It's a microwaving method. Research has shown that microwaving retains the antioxidant activity, for instance, of things like mushrooms and especially garlic. However, still between 20 and 30% of the vitamin C in vegetables is lost when you microwave it. But incidentally, that's really insignificant when compared to, for instance, boiling that same vegetable. Well, what about baking and roasting? Baking and roasting refer to cooking, with, again, with dry heat, but usually in a contained, like an oven. Many chefs use baking and roasting interchangeably, however. Baking is mostly used for, in our brains, flour-based eh, foods such as muffins and cakes and breads, while roasting is more lends itself better for the meats we cook. Nutrient losses, the good news is, are pretty minimal with baking and roasting. But then, there's always a trade-off. Because of the prolonged exposure to high temperatures, the B vitamins in the meat maybe reduce as much as 40 or even 50%. So well, there's everything's a trade. How about stir-frying and sautéing? Stir-frying or sautéing means cooking food in a small amount of oil or butter medium in a saucepan over at best medium to medium-high heat. Both stir-frying and sautéing share similar techniques. The difference is that stir-frying involves a lot of stirring and keeping it going at a higher temperature, but for a shorter cooking time. Generally, it's kind of a healthy way to prepare food. Cooking without water and for a shorter time prevents the loss of a lot of B vitamins, and adding fat improves the absorption of antioxidants and plant compounds. So it's kind of a win-win. One study I ran into found that more beta-carotene a kind of stuff, folks, was absorbed from stir-fried carrots. 
than even from ones that were just eaten raw. It actually enhanced the amount of uh, beta carotenes that you got from your carrot. In a second study, there was an 80%, that's a lot, increase in the lycopene levels when people ate tomatoes sautéed in olive oil rather than without it. Remember, vitamins like A, E, and some of them are are oil-soluble, fat-soluble. So putting water in them doesn't increase your value of, of what you get as a nutrient, whereas adding fats and oils actually do. Do realize, though, that again, whenever heat's involved, stir-frying, for instance, it will cause somewhat of a reduction in vitamin C because vitamin C is, is really, really heat-sensitive. Here's a bit of a zinger. Frying food. It just means that you're cooking the food in a large amount of fat or grease, mostly oil, and usually at pretty high temperatures. The fried food is usually coated, at least in most cases, with breadcrumbs or some kind of batter, but not always. Frying is quite popular because it causes a coating to seal or form over the food, if you cook it properly, which ensures that the inside retains its moisture and is cooked more evenly. Incidentally, personally, frying food also makes it taste great in many cases. you got to realize that. But then it is important to note that not all food should be fried. That's, that's for sure. A good side, fatty fish are excellent sources of omega-3 fatty acids, which have a heck of a lot of health benefits. Unfortunately, omega-3 fatty acids are quite delicate and at risk of damage when exposed to high temperatures. A question. For instance, studies have shown that frying tuna loses 70 to 85% of the omega-3 content compared to baking that same piece of fish. Very different. On the other hand, when you fry food, you preserve most of its B and C vitamins. For instance, frying potatoes increases its fiber content by converting the starch into a resistant starch, which is actually better for your body overall. I should mention here, though, you you should be aware that, that prolonged heating of oil does cause the formation of a thing called aldehydes. The aldehydes are toxic, carcinogenic, and increase the risk of many diseases including cancer. Even when you do intend to fry your food, try not to overcook it and use healthy oils when frying. I love avocado oil. I love some of the walnut oils. Peanut, if it doesn't get too hot, they kind of oversell the values of peanut oil. And the other one is, I hate to say this, it's not, I am usually very, very eco-minded. Don't keep your oils over and over. The longer you use them, the more likely they are to start forming aldehydes and uh, other carcinogens. And finally, cooking. I hate to bring this up because there's a good and a bad. Steaming is a great method of cooking. It preserves nutrients. And recent studies have shown that steaming, for instance, spinach, broccoli, and lettuce, causes just a loss of 9 to 15% and a reduction of vitamin C content. Consider that to boiling, which loses 80% of it. One thing bad about steaming is that it's not really tasty, but you can fix that by adding some good oils olive oils and things, which incidentally will help you also absorb those uh, fat-soluble vitamins that we need so badly. So let me really quickly just bullet point a few things on how to retain the maximum amount of nutrients when you're cooking. Use very little water when boiling or poaching. The liquid that remains in the pan after cooking is nutrient-rich. Consume it. Do something with it. And do not discard the meat juices that drip from your pan. They're probably as good or better for you than the meat in some cases. 
Never peel vegetables until they are done cooking. Isn't that strange? Or you may refrain from peeling to maximize the nutrient and fiber if you don't mind eating whatever the peel is. Cooking your vegetables in small amounts of water to minimize loss of vitamin B and vitamin C does help. Cooked vegetables should be consumed within a day or so because exposing the food to air causes it, of course, to oxidize and it's a continuous decline in its total nutrient value. Cook your food whole when possible. By doing so, less of it is exposed to water and heat, therefore retaining more nutrient. Vegetables should be cooked for just a few minutes. The less, the better. Poultry, meat, and fish should be cooked using the shortest cooking time required for safe consumption. One thing is interesting. Never use baking soda when you're cooking vegetables. Baking soda produces an alkaline environment, which really, really increases the loss of vitamin C. And as a personal aside, one of my new cooking methods is called sous vide, S-O-U-S-V-I-D-E. Take 10 minutes and learn about it. You're going to learn to do it. It retains as much or more of the nutrients than any other way we have learned to cook. It's a very old method that's been renewed and is now very popular. For those who have followed me, go to organicmatters.info, all lowercase, organicmatters.info. Go looking for sous vide. I've done a whole article about it maybe a couple of times over the past few years, and I'll do another in the next week or two. Sous vide. It's another method that you really ought to give a try. Thanks for staying tuned to Organic Matters.